We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Well, the Indianapolis Colts are now officially eliminated from the 2022 playoffs. Thank goodness, uh, with how bad this division has been, it has taken this long. But with the Jacksonville Jaguars win on Thursday Night Football against the New York Jets, Colts officially eliminated now. Colts currently sit at number six overall pick. We'll probably, we'll definitely move up to five, if not higher, uh, this coming week. So we'll see what happens with that if the Colts do lose. But Matt, you know, we'll talk about that stuff as it comes. I wanted to just talk about this again, how now two straight seasons, the Indianapolis Colts have not made the playoffs, right? There's a lot of high hopes. You know, this offseason, the Colts talked about, Jim Irsay specifically talked about all chips in, uh, all that, the whole mantra, and how the Colts seem to be all chips in on the top of the draft board. Uh, but you just look at this organization from top to bottom right now, Matt, is just in shambles. You know, now you've missed the playoffs twice in the last two years. Jacksonville both times has ended your playoff look. Uh, and it's just coming to the point, man, where this is a very much a failed regime uh, that the Colts have had, unfortunately, you know, since Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, you know, came in 2017, 2018. This team and this organization right now, this is the, one of those losing stretches it's had in a, quite a long time. So what are your thoughts here on now? Colts kind of in a weird position they haven't been in in a long time with no clear-cut number one quarterback. Uh, they're just in a weird position that we haven't really seen them. I know I haven't seen them since I started following them. So what are your thoughts just overall on this Colts team right now and just the lack of success they've had recently? It's really just disappointing. You know, like last year, you had, what, seven, eight pro bowlers on there. Should have made the playoffs last year. But, of course, last two weeks, just everything fell apart. And then it continued this year, which is really unfortunate because there are some really talented players on this team. Um, you know, now I think we're entering the point to where we're going to really see what Chris Ballard is made of, assuming he stays as GM, when it comes to evaluating talent. Because... That's the strength of his. He's good at seeing some of those players that maybe some people don't think of in a draft, takes them, and then they end up becoming really good players. Uh, Rodney Thomas being one for this past season, being a pretty nice safety for us. And Darius Leonard, consider, I believe, what was he considered the worst pick of the draft when we took him? Like he was an F grade. 
ended up being a pretty good ball player. Um, but, you know, it's clear they got to take quarterback. And we're going to find out, like I said, assuming Ballard's here, what is Ballard made of? Because if Ballard can do a really good job at finding that one quarterback, this team is back, you know, because we have the defense. We have some nice pieces on offense. You get that young quarterback in there. The ship, it could turn around. Maybe not win a Super Bowl, but it could start heading in the right direction. So this is going to be, for Ballard, probably his most important offseason in Indianapolis. It's got to be. Yeah, and there's no guarantees. I know Jim Mercer right, yeah. talked a lot about it, but Colts the last two weeks have been straight up embarrassed, right? On prime time, back to back weeks. And if they if they pull another stunt like that this week, you know, you do wonder like as much as Jim Irsay, you know, said things about how Frank Reich was, you know, going to be safe as a head coach, and that didn't happen. That was yeah. very short. So Jim Irsay's been very unpredictable recently. Yeah. Uh, just some of the moves that he's made, uh, but I think we got to just go back and look at and ask the question, why have the Colts been struggling? Why have they been failing miserably short this year to their goal of making the playoffs, winning the division? You know, since Chris Ballard's been here, the Colts have not won a division title. They've never won a home game. Uh, in week, or they never won a week one game, actually, at all. Uh, they made the playoffs twice, won one game, lost one. Um, or no, lost two, I'm sorry, because they did go to the divisional round. Um, against the Chiefs. So, you know, one and two in the playoffs, losing record in the playoffs. And I think I have to start just with what, you know, we've been talking about a lot moving into this offseason, and I'm sure we will talk about it more, is just the failure to address the most important positions and put, especially quarterback. That's the most important position in in the NFL, in football, and even in sports, you could argue. Um, Mm -hmm. And the fact that the Colts have not really put a lot of resources there, I think speaks volumes to why, you know, this team started off so poorly, why they've had all these poor starts and why, you know, they can't play catch up all the time, right? They don't have any room to spare down the stretch. Like, because it's a new quarterback every single year. Ever since Andrew Luck has retired, we have to stop using that excuse, you know, right. like, oh, well, your star quarterback retired. Yes, but that was three, four years ago now, mm-hmm. you know? That's something you have to, and you've had opportunities to go get your guy, but you've just been afraid or unwilling to pull the trigger. So I think we've got to talk about the quarterback and just how it's been a revolving door ever since Andrew Luck coming up. Right. And there's been multiple opportunities where they could have traded for a quarterback in the draft because yeah, it, you know, part of the reason why early on, why this team wasn't getting the success that it honestly should have was because Andrew Luck retired. But that was like a few years ago. I think we're going to be entering the fifth year without Andrew Luck. Um, but he's still, I love to force Buckner but he could have used that first round pick they got for Buckner and maybe one other first round pick and then ended up taking Justin Herbert. You know, he could have traded up with Minnesota to get Justin Fields. I mean, he's had opportunities or heck. I mean, if he thought, you know, Jalen hurts could have been some, which honestly, I don't think a lot of people probably thought going into the draft. There wasn't a lot of GMs that probably thought Jalen hurts was worth taking, but, Jalen Hurts was available in the second round, and you know there, he's had opportunities. He just hasn't done it yet. Uh, I know some people complain about left tackle. I'm I'm not as upset that he didn't draft a left tackle. I think when they re-signed Costanzo, they should have drafted a left tackle. Um, I would have to go back and look at the draft. But the year they signed Eric Fisher, I don't really think there was a left tackle that was like 
a surefire hit. I'm cool with him signing a guy like Eric Fisher, who in the past, even though he had that ACL injury, he's been a dominant left tackle. So I can understand why he didn't draft one last year, but you know, he finally got that taken care of. You know, he finally got the receiver position for the most part taken care of. I think he needs to bring one more guy in just to, you know, really solidify that group. But it all comes down to quarterback. He's had his opportunities. He just hasn't taken them because he wanted to rely on the veterans that they were bringing in, which, I mean, I I can understand Philip Rivers, you know, bring him in. It, it seemed like that was a perfect opportunity because he was going to be available. It seemed like with the team they had, that would have worked for a year, but they could have still drafted uh, Justin Herbert. You know, they could have traded that pick and then one more first rounder, you know, just to move up to seven because they weren't that far away from it. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just, like, it's, it's unfortunate. And that, and then also, I know you've drafted a lot of pass rushers, but you just really yeah. haven't like found a dominant number one still, right. you know? I mean, that's a, that's a position that's kind of on the opposite side of things. Like you invested a crap ton into that position, you know, yeah. multiple second round picks, you know, a first mm-hmm. round pick. Uh, yeah. So, and you traded for Yannick Ngakwe and yet your pass rush, while it's been better, you mm-hmm. still don't have that true dominant number one edge rusher. Yeah, and I, I think Yannick has definitely improved, and he's starting to get to that point where he's, you know, a guy that's going to get you a sack a game, uh, which is really good. But with Quiddy Pay, I think Quiddy Pay could have been that number one pass rusher. It's just had the injuries this year. So next year, maybe he can become that. But I thought. Before he was hurt and when he's healthy, he's played quite well. Dio is starting to look like he's taking that step to be a nice pass rusher too. So like I, I think it's taking time, but it feels like it's starting to get to where it needs to be. It's not there yet, but it's getting there. Um, you know, I, I'd be cool with bring back Yannick if it's like a you know, a team friendly deal, nothing that's like twenty million dollars, but like around ten million I'd be cool with, but yeah. Um, hopefully next season when Quiddy's fully healthy and Dio's fully healthy, uh, and also Taekwon Lewis, you know, I, I liked what I saw from him and then he had an injury again around Halloween. Um, but I, I do think this pass rush can be better next year. It's just, they got to get healthy. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest critical thing outside of the quarterback has just been the team has, you know, not been able to basically mm-hmm. do what it takes to win. Right, right in the critical moments, right? You yeah. think last year, the Tennessee game, uh, the, the Colts had ample opportunities, you know, where they should have won that game. You know, there was multiple games mm-hmm. last year they should have won. Same with this yes. year. You know, obviously it's a little bit different this year and it, things have kind of gone off the rails the last month or so. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like for a while there, the Colts were in pretty much every game. Like they were in that Commanders game, they were in the Philly game, you know, they were in the Dallas game, even. They were in, they've been in every single game and then they just, Completely, and it's been amplified the last couple weeks where they've just they completely just like found ways to lose, and it's been just amazing. And beyond just the you know, because it's very much amplified right now, beyond just this, I think just to a larger degree, that's was really been the story of the Colts under Chris Ballard and Frank Reich yeah. is they always found ways to screw it up, they always found ways to lose outside of really 2020, I guess 2018 as well. Like, they found ways to screw it up. They found ways to lose. Like, I'm thinking last year, you know, Jacksonville. And, you know, you had to win one of two games against, uh, you know, Vegas or Jacksonville. And you just completely choke it 
at the end of the year. You know, the fact that you've had opportunities to beat Tennessee, even this year, Tennessee's not looking great. You know, the six and eight right now could take the, is, you know, the tie for the division lead. So like, yeah. this is a perfect opportunity when everybody else is kind of struggling still um, that you could have really, you know, taken the, the AFC South and you just haven't done that. You just, this team just feels like a team that definitely has talent, but it just doesn't know what to do with that talent. And it's like very just inconsistent and there's a lot of reasons for that, but yeah, it's just like, there's just so much there and this team just does not know how to win. They just have not proven. They know how to consistently week in and week out win. Yeah. And it, I think comes down to head coach. They need that head coach that can get it together. Even when they're hurt, get it all figured out and get the win. Cause you see Tennessee, not this year, but like last year. And I think the year before as well, they were dealing with a bunch of injuries. They had guys that were on practice squads playing as starters, but Mike Vrabel was able to make it work and was able to get it figured out. And they weren't blowing these opportunities. Whenever they had an opportunity to win, they would take advantage of it. I mean, they would get wins that they shouldn't have gotten. You know, they, it seemed like they were just lucky, but really I think it does come down to the head coach. I think you got to get that head coach that can really push it forward because you know, I think we can agree, even though Matt Ryan's not played good this year, he's a leader. He's a good leader. I just think you need that coach that can work well with a quarterback and they can push it over the edge. So hopefully next year they get their young quarterback, don't know who it's going to be, get a coach that can be aggressive but isn't going to find ways to lose. He'll find ways to win and coach guys to win, you know, and not waste opportunities because – you know, two years ago with Wentz, should have beat Baltimore, should have beat Tennessee, and there was like a few other games they should have won. They would easily would have been a, a playoff team if one of those wins or one of those games they lost would have went the way it should have went. They'd be a playoff team. This year, with how Tennessee is falling apart, depending on how far ahead you are of Jacksonville, like a game or whatever, this is a this is a perfect opportunity. This year would have been that perfect opportunity to win the division but gotta get the head yeah. coach yeah well i also think like just looking at what frank reich's role was he i think he just took on too much you know i think that was just honestly a big thing of it you know being the head coach and being the play caller i personally mm-hmm. don't feel like you can do both of them to the best of your ability you know and right. so i just think this year especially especially after how last year ended in jacksonville the message from frank reich just kind of went stale you know yeah. it kind of went stale because you know, he was so busy focusing on the offense all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's almost like I feel like like with what, well, for example, Mike Vrabel, like he has obviously a say in the defensive side of things, but he's a guy that like knows everybody and, and he, yeah. he has a primary focus and he understands that and he's able to motivate those guys to do what they need to do. You know, and I yeah. feel like that is maybe the missing link for what the Colts had in Frank Reich, you know, and, and it just didn't click there you know because I just felt like he was in over his head you know he was struggling with play calling and struggling with that accountability um, Mm -hmm. as well and I think both those things need to happen and so just a coach that understands his role and understands like if I'm going to be the head coach I may have to give up play calling I may have to delegate to some other people Uh, obviously I'll have a say in like the game plan and stuff like that but like that is just something I always felt like was a disconnect you know with Frank Reich and um, especially over like this last year um, that definitely felt like, you know, is the team kind of just, you know, mailing it in a little bit and then just right. kind of being like, we've heard this before and nothing's changing, you know, especially yeah. this year. 
And so that's one thing I just have wondered about. Like, did the message just grow stale with Frank Reich? Because he's not a guy, he's a player's coach, which is good. But there's, I, I never pictured Frank Reich as a guy that would even, you know, I know Jeff Saturday hasn't been great as the Colts coach, but like right. looking at guys' faces, he'll call them out, you know, like the offensive line. They played better because Jeff Saturday called them out. Like, yeah. They was one about the rest of the offense, but the offensive lines played better. And so, right. like, do you need a coach kind of like that? Yeah, and this is going to sound like a weird analogy, but I promise it's going to work. It fits. You need to treat every NFL team, they need to treat it like a fast food place, right? Like a McDonald's. Because McDonald's, you have your guy that's running that one store. You have your different departments. You have your guys that are going to run the register, have your guys that are going to make the food, your cleaning people, all that. Then you have your regional managers, GM, that you got to report to, and then you have the people that actually own McDonald's, Jim Ursay, you know, they you go to them as well. You need to find that guy that can run a successful McDonald's, okay? Don't be like the one in my town that's fallen apart and they had to replace the manager of that McDonald's. Get somebody that can run it, make sure everything goes well, make sure you know, the registers, they're doing what they need to do. Make sure the guys cooking the food are doing the right things, keeping clean, you know, not like itching their, you know, their booties and then putting their hands in there. Um, <laughs> make sure the cleaning people are taking care of that stuff, right? You need to find that guy. And I honestly think it's probably a mix of Frank Reich and Jeff Saturday. You know, that guy that's going to get in your face, you know, tell you when you're, you know, doing something right, when you're doing something wrong, but also get that guy that, Players can trust. They can go to, you know, they need their mic. Yeah, like that, right, that's guys who they're looking for. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is a good combination that you can find. Like, for example, I think like D'Amico Lance, you know, he was a former player. Um, he gets it. He's a motivator. But he's also a guy that schematically, like he's a great, he's a great, you know, schematic guy. And so like a guy like that, I think would go a long way. Um, a guy yeah. that'll motivate, but also you know, does offer something from that standpoint, does have some coaching experience. I think there is a fine line that you can find, and there's definitely some candidates who do possess those things that I think would go really well with, you know, yeah. whoever you do bring bring in as QB this next year. So we'll see on that. I had one last thing I wanted to talk about, Matt, before we yes. wrap this show up. Um, so this has been well documented, how much the Colts have paid some of their own guys here recently. You know, you think Quentin Nelson was like the latest guy the Colts paid. Is it a flawed philosophy from Chris Ballard? Is that a reason why the Colts are where they're at right now? With no quarterback, with a guard that's being paid way too much, in my opinion, for how poor he's played this year. Right. And just some other guys that aren't living up to their contracts. You know, the Colts have talked all the time about paying your own guys, you know, bringing your own guys, paying them when they produce. But you look at some of the positions they're paying. You pay a left guard. Mm -hmm. You pay a slot corner. Uh, you pay, I don't even know what other, you know, you play, you paid a, a third round running back before you traded him in, around, you know, receiving yeah. running back. Like some of these contracts that you're dishing out, I'm just kind of like, those are good and those are good players. But I do wonder, like, those aren't impact positions, like the quarterback, like the pass rusher, like the number one wide receiver, like things like that, that like, right. when I look at the Colts right now and the way that they're built, like, and you look at the modern-day NFL, the Colts aren't with how much they're allocating funds to that offensive line and how poor they've played for most of the year. Yeah, It doesn't feel like the Colts are built for today's NFL. I, I, I'll I, just say I agreed 
with uh, them re-signing the guys that they signed for that much because when they re-signed them, they were playing at very high levels. You know, like Leonard was playing as one of, if not the best linebackers in the entire NFL. And that's a guy where, yeah, it was a lot of money, but I'm I'm good with paying someone like him that much money because he's the leader of that defense. He makes impact plays. He forces turnovers. Like, I, I think that was a good contract. Yeah, he was hurt this year, but I think next year when he gets back, assuming he's fully healthy, which I believe he will be, I think, you know, the ankle issues and the back issues, they're going to be solved this offseason. Um, so I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, and then with, like, Nelson, he's playing very good, too. It's just, I, I honestly think Nelson's hurt. And it's something they're not revealing because I at the start of the year, how he was playing, I just the drop off he had, I don't really see, you know, it just being a oh, he's getting older, so his play is just not performing as well. There has to be something, something with his back or whatever. So there is that. And I understand why people would be upset paying a guard that much money, but they still have plenty of money to sign a number one receiver and their quarterback because Matt Ryan, you know, is getting paid or would have been paid next year. What? Like 30, $35 million, something like that. Um, so, I mean, they have the money to bring in a number one receiver and then have their rookie quarterback for five plus years. And when that guy needs his contract in five years or so, odds are Nelson's probably not playing on the Colts because he'll be what? 33 to 35 years old at that point. So I, I'm not upset with it. I think it's a good philosophy to pay your guys they have in there because honestly, the guys he's paid, they deserved it. It's just, I think it's injuries is why they're just not living up to their contracts. I just, I, I, I do not buy Quinn Nelson being healthy. I think he's been hurt all year. I think we're going to find out when the season ends that he had surgery to fix whatever was wrong. I just, I can't see him going from playing at a, really good level to playing at a poor level. And he's gotten better too. So maybe those injuries are starting to heal up a little bit, but I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm good with how Ballard's done it, you know, paying the guys that deserve it. You know, he's going to have around 50 million this off season to work with. So I'm cool. Yeah. I just, I get that, but I'm wondering, like, for the positions they're playing, the impact right. that that has long term, like, and, and its success in winning and losing. Yeah, like you look at it, like taking a guard six overall when you could have probably taken somebody else. Like, I know Bradley Chubb was gone, but he would have been a great choice there as well. Like, you know, things like that where, like, you've seen, like, Chris Ballard has even shown, like, he can get Chris Reed, he can get Mark Glowinski, got yeah. two quality guards. Obviously, they're not Quentin Nelson level. He can get right. two, you know, average to above average guards for pennies on the dollar. But like now you're paying a guard that much money. I guess that just like is confusing to me because it's like, which one is it? You know, like yeah. if you can get guards for that cheap, why did you take a guard and pay him that much? You know? Yeah. Um, whereas like if he was a left tackle, totally get it because that's an important position, you know, right. one of the most important ones, especially you know, uh, just on the offensive line. So that, that's kind of my question. It's not like so much like paying your players. It's like yeah. what the positions are that they're playing uh, versus, you know, some of the other ones of guys that are getting paid a lot of right. money. Like, you know, is that a flawed process that Chris Ballard had? I, at the moment, I don't think it is just because 
the other positions like receiver, you know, I don't think they're going to pay Michael Pittman, you know, $20 million. I don't think they're going to do that at all. But when they have an opportunity to pay their number one receiver, that kind of money, I, you know, they're going to have the money to do it. You know, yeah, Nelson, he plays a position that isn't as impactful as other positions, but you know, he, he's just different. He's different compared to other guards. You know, he's a very important piece to the offensive line. I mean, we saw when he was drafted, you know, the year prior, they had what the worst offensive line in the league. And then he gets brought in and they become the best offensive line in the league. And they're a top five offensive line when he's healthy. Uh, this year, obviously, they're not a top five offensive line. Again, I don't think he's healthy, but I think he's like the exception. Like, I wouldn't normally pay a guard. $20 million, but I think the impact he had on that offensive line was worth paying that kind of money. But, you know, I think Leonard, you know, Shaq Leonard, his position is pretty impactful. I think for the defense, yeah, it's playing really good this year, but the thing they're missing out on is turnovers. They're not getting as many turnovers as they did the previous year with, uh, you know, with Leonard. So I think he is an impactful player and, you know, I think his position, you know, $18 million is good to me. But again, I mean, they're going to have at least $33 million. You cut Matt Ryan, I think that makes it about $50 million. And if he retires and it goes up to like 60 something million, I think, um, as long as he retires before the new, you know, new year starts for the league. So, yeah. I mean, I can understand why people think, you know, with Nelson not playing as impactful of a, a, a position, why, He's not worth that money, but I just there's exceptions for every position. I think he's an impact player, and I think he deserves to be paid that well. This year, no, but I think based on previous years and what he's done, he deserves to get paid pretty well. You know, twenties a lot, but you know, as long as he comes back and plays good next year, I'm cool with it. You know, get a new offensive line coach. Hmm. We'll see. I don't know if I agree with all that because of no. just the position and he's looked very mortal the last, you know, year, year and a half. So it's kind of like, is it worth paying that much where you could, you know, that's maybe prevented you from going out and getting a Teron Armstead or somebody like that who could be like you know, a franchise left right. tackle? You know what I mean? And that I feel like that's just so much more important. My, my thing with Armstead, I the reason why I did not want him is he's in his late 30s. You know, I sure. didn't want to pay. Yeah, I'm talking I, about other I, guys I, in general. You know, I just that's just the guy that came to mind. I just I felt like you know, like I was cool with drafting Bernard Ryman. I didn't think there was really any left tackle that was a free agent that I would have went after and paid big money because I'm not paying Armstead the amount of money that Miami paid him. You know, he's 38 years old. I I, w I was perfectly fine with drafting a left tackle this year. You know, I felt like this year was the perfect time to draft one but i'm again i understand why people are saying that you know maybe you could have signed a guy like a receiver but again we got pierce you know and pierce is someone that i i always felt was going to be more of a year two guy and he would start to take that step towards the end of the year seemed like the you know process of him getting to where he needs to be was going pretty quick and then you know he just hasn't been involved as much but no, I understand people's, um, I guess, issues with signing Leonard, the amount of money they signed him for. But I just, I feel like with him, 
I he's not having a good year, um, but I feel like he's a little too important for the offensive line. Um, I feel like there really wasn't a lot of guards that would have given you the same production before you signed Nelson. I didn't think there was uh, any guards that would have given you the production he gives you. You know, it's just, I don't know. Like I said, I think next year we're going to see the old Nelson come back. I, I really feel like it because I think he's going to get healthy again. And I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something from Ian Rappaport where Quinn Nelson went into surgery. So. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, the debate will certainly rage on as the season yeah. and off season comes into play, you know, depending if Chris Ballard is still here as the Colts GM or not, we shall see. But yeah, just an interesting debate about why the Colts are where they are. Yeah. Um, and there's multiple reasons as well. So yeah, we'll see, guys, uh, what this offseason uh, holds for us. Colts obviously have just three more games left yeah. in this 2023 season. Uh, and then, mercifully, we are in the offseason, yeah. and we'll see where the Colts draft. Uh, Can't hopefully get here soon enough. <laughs> no, it cannot. And so, hopefully, top three. That would be amazing if the Colts were able to get to that point. We'll see, hopefully. It sounds bad, but hopefully Nick Foles doesn't you know, revive this offense and then they reel off two or three wins. Yeah, I mean, it's over. I mean, once Jacksonville won and eliminated the Colts, what's the point of winning exactly. at this point? I mean, you're not going to have the same quarterback next year. It's going to be a different quarterback. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, we see teams like the Bears beat the Bills. I think that's definitely possible. You know, hopefully that happens. And hopefully uh, Tom Brady blows it against the Cardinals. We need some, uh, yeah, we certainly need some upsets here yes. to help the Colts. You know, certainly they're, they're definitely going to go up to five because two teams that are ahead of them are playing each other this week. So yep. one of them will pop to number six and the Colts go to number five. So that's great yes. news. But yeah, hopefully for, hope we, you know, Colts fans, we can hope for an upset or two. The Colts could really be, I think they could be up to three this week, Matt, if I'm not mistaken. Um, a couple of teams uh, win. I, I'd have to look at it, but I know there's a couple teams. There's like three teams ahead of the Colts right now with four wins as well. They would move to four because Arizona four. and uh, yeah. they play Tampa Bay and then the Rams and uh, Broncos play. But the only other team is the Bears and they would have to win two games and the Colts had to lose out for them to move ahead of Chicago. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so. so Denver yeah. uh, and I believe LA are playing each other. Yes. And then Arizona. So yeah, the Colts would move up to number four at the best this week. Uh, they're certainly going to move up to five, but we'll see. Maybe they can move up to number four as well. But uh, yeah, that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, Matt. Thanks for coming in, giving yeah. your insight. Um, it's going to be a long off season. I have a feeling and a uh, lot's probably going to happen. So it's going to be crazy. I hope you're ready for it. I know I'm oh, ready for it. I'm ready to blow this team so up. Excited. Go from there. So yeah, one of the most anticipated off seasons in a long time, certainly. Yes. So uh, yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate all the support. And uh, as always guys, go Colts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.